this back into a church again. <laughs> Woo, that was awesome. Thank you, Rachel. That was so good. Can we just show our love and appreciation for Rachel just bringing, bringing the fire? I am so excited to be in week number three of our Double Tap series, Real Love in a Selfie World. We'll go there in just a minute. Before we do, I want to take a moment. I want to give a shout out to those who were involved in our creative collective, our second ever creative collective this past Thursday. I want to shout out to some of the ladies that led strong in that space. Of course, Rachel Dole was there leading strong. Karen Lee was there leading strong. Beck, Becky Turton was there leading strong. Come on, the, lead, the ladies leading well in the creatives. We're so excited about everyone that leads and serves on our dream team, what God is doing really in the life of our church. And, and again, big shout out to all of our teams. In fact, when I got up, I was, up, I was early, I was leaving home before six this morning and I got out and already someone's vehicle had picked up our church truck in front of our place. And I'm like, man, before I even left my house, somebody was here picking up a truck so that you could come to church today and just get encouraged and fill with life. So we can give it up for our dream team today. Really amazing. Well, I'm excited to be in this, in this week three because already it's been a great series. Real love in a selfie world. How do you find real love in a selfie world? How do you know what's real in the love space? Last night we were putting the kids to bed and, and before, uh, before Rachel, she was putting our four-month-old to bed, I was putting the older ones, the older girls to bed and I, I said to our three-year-old, I said, when mommy comes in here to say goodnight to you, look, at up, look up at her, look her in the eyes and say, mommy, you got such beautiful eyes, I love you. And of course then, a couple of hours later in the night, Rachel and I are talking, we're praying, we're prepping for today and Rachel says to me, you'll never believe what Lency said to me. She said, Lency looked me in the eyes tonight and said, Mommy, you have such beautiful eyes, and I just wrecked it. And I was like, I told her to say that. I just robbed the joy. How do you know what's real in the love space anymore? It's just, I should have let that go. Should've. It's hard to know. And so what we're doing in this series is we're actually exploring really a great, fantastic biblical example. Really, these aren't, these aren't tips and tricks from our lives or from our story. This is look at Jesus and see how he leads us well into doing love and into doing relationships. And I want to give us, again, what is the ground rule for this series, and it's this, is that you got to approach a series like this from a from-this-moment-on perspective. It's really important. Here's why, because when you see God's design for love, his intention for how we do relationships, it is so easy to feel discouraged and say, I do not measure up to that. It's very easy to say, I have messed that up too many times. I could not even get there. And so what you need to do today, and I think all of us need this so that this does not feel like a crushing weight that you cannot carry, is just say, come on, from this moment on, a little bit stronger, a little bit further into God's design and God's plan in relationships. Well, in week number one, we talked about singleness. Week number two, we talked about dating. And these, of course, feel like messages that just hit a few people in the room. But really, we've said every single week, whether you're single or dating or engaged, married, divorced, widowed, I believe that there is a word for every single person 
that God wants to bring to you every week of this series. And so today we're going to press into more of a marriage topic, but everything I'm about to say is going to tie into relationships. And you'll, you'll see that. And in fact, Jesus, where we get the example from, I mean, he wasn't even married. So this applies to relationships outside of me. But I want to go after the married couples as well today. And I just, in a few minutes, Rachel and I are going to do what we did in week number one, which is to put some stools up here and let you all know just a little bit how crazy things are behind the scenes. You okay with that? I don't know, week one, we got a lot of feedback from people that were like, thank you, pastor. It's just good to know you're as messed up as we are. So I just want to we're just going to invite you into our home one more time. You ready for that? It's going to be good. But let's go to God's word. And I just, I want to pray actually before we step into this, we, that the Holy Spirit would just take God's word, deliver it to your heart and, and lift you up in this place today. So Father, we thank you that your word is life giving. Thank you, God, that you have come, that we might have life and have it to the full. And so in the next couple minutes, God, as we press into your word, Lord, we open our ears, we open our eyes, we open our hearts. We say, Lord, speak to us. We're really ready to listen, God. We want to hear your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, as I was preparing and writing this message, I got a text from, from Pastor Rachel. She said, uh, she said to me, she said, babe, uh, this Sunday, I want you to stand up and preach strong because we've not walked through all this for nothing. And I thought that was such a great line. And it really, I want to frame the message through that idea. You've not walked through this for nothing. That's our story. We've had great days. We've had years of marital bliss. And we've had tough days and years of great, intense challenge. And, and we've not, I believe, we've not walked through this for nothing. And if you've got some challenges at home, whether it's in a marriage or in family or even in a friendship, come on, you've not walked through all this for nothing. The Bible holds out incredible examples of God using those who've walked through some stuff. Of course, the Apostle Paul stands out as a great example, murdering Christians, doing everything he can to stop the, the news of the good news of Jesus Christ, everything he can to stand in the way of that message. God says, well, that guy right there, that guy is the one that I want to use to get this message to people far from me. Nobody better to carry a grace message than someone that needed a whole lot of grace. Paul You've not gone through all this for nothing. Even the hurts and wounds that you've inflicted on other people, I'm, I'm going to use that story to do something. And of course, Peter stands out as another great example of this. Peter, who denied Jesus. Peter, not once, not twice, but three times. So I don't even know him as Jesus goes to the cross. And Jesus still says, I'm going to build my church on you, Peter. A church that's not full of perfect people, a church that's full of people that will stumble sometimes, but need an example of what it looks like to get back up again. Peter is the ultimate example of I loved Jesus and I let Jesus down and Jesus still used me. It's a picture. To, therefore, all throughout history now, every single one of us can come into this place understanding. We've all been there. I love Jesus. I let Jesus down, but he still looks at me like he could use me. This morning, I want to speak to you. Come on, you've not been through what you've been through in the relationship space for nothing. And I want to talk about three steps to your best year in relationships, three steps to your best year in marriage. And these are just straight out of the Bible. These aren't just tips and tricks. These are straight out of following Jesus. This is what Jesus either teaches or does. The first one we see from his teaching. In fact, we see it in a prophecy about him. In Isaiah chapter 61, the Bible says this about Jesus. It says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings or good news to the poor, to give them beauty for ashes, verse 3, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So if there's some heaviness in a relational space, what do we see here? There's, 
that we need to, number one, if you're taking notes today, press into praise. This is the starting point for a healthy relationship. It is not a self-help book. I thank God for the self-help section. I've spent a lot of time in the self-help section. So we thank God for that section. Nevertheless, you got to start in the spirit. This thing, relationships, our growth in being able to do love authentically in community and in family starts by pressing into praise. But what happens is when things aren't going well at home, come on, you know this, what do we do? We start to isolate ourselves. We say, I'm, I'm going to withdraw from community. I'm going to withdraw from people. This is what we do. We say, it feels too fake to show up and praise when you're going through a tough time, doesn't it? Well, this is exactly what the disciples do after the cross. The disciples pull away. They go, they hide out behind a locked door. They say, I don't want to go outside. I don't want to fake it till I make it. I just, I don't want anyone to see me right now. Obviously, because they're afraid of physical persecution. But more than that, I think they're actually just, no, they don't want to be seen because now they feel foolish. Everything they had thought and believed. I don't want to show up if I look like I don't have it all together. So maybe you're here today, and, and that's the struggle that you go through, that you show up sometimes when it feels like you've got enough, a sliver in your life that's going well. You know what we do in the church space, right? You show up, and you show off that sliver, and you hide everything else. Can, do I need to paint the picture of a pie graph? You know what I'm saying. You've got a sliver that's going well, and you show up, and you show off the sliver, and you hide everything else, but that is not how we praise. No, my dream for Resonate Church are you ready for this? Is that we would not be a house where you show up to praise when you feel like things are good enough for you to praise. No, you would show up to praise understanding what? That praise lifts the heaviness off you. You don't praise to mask the pain. You praise because it will lift the pain. Come on, you start with praise. You start in a posture that says, I, I know y'all want to come for the slow songs. And some of you set your alarm clocks so you can get here for song number three. But we need the fast stuff. We need the fast. Why? Not just because we just want to be like a fun, young, exciting church. You know, I want to stay young. I'm trying to, I'm trying to do my best to stay young. And so we do the fast songs and we have the smoke and the lights. No, that's not, that's not the point. We need the fast stuff because it lifts something off you. You don't... Don't set your alarm early when you feel good. Set it early when you don't feel good. And begin to lift. And that's why I knew some of you weren't even going to make the fast step today. So we put another fasty at the end of this service. It's kind of middle of the road. It's like 75% of the way. Just dip your toe in the water today. Yeah, it's gonna, this is praise lifts, lifts a spirit of heaviness. So the heaviness, is just, maybe it's just negative around your house all the time. And the language is just, ah. Oh. You know, we're never going to be able to afford a home. And man, the kids, man, I can't wait till they're not here. You know? <laughs> Maybe you're a junior high or a high schooler and you're like, you know, I just, school's tough. One day I'm going to get out of school. The next 10 years are going to be tough, but one day. Come on, we need to get into a place of praise. Start to lift the heaviness off. Start. Can I quote some Bible for you today? Praise the Lord with gladness. That sounds like a preaching point, but it's not my words, it's God's. Like that's God's word to you. Psalm 100, praise the Lord with gladness. Enter his gates 
with thanksgiving and his courts with, come on, help me out, Christians, been around church for a while, praise. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts. Serve the Lord with, come on, come on, come on, resonate church. You know, we are, we, you, we say this all the time. We really exist for people who aren't here right now. And in the next several months, there's going to be a whole lot of people that walk in these two entrances at the back of this room, and they don't believe our theology, and they don't believe in God. They, they think that maybe they're, they're here maybe for some community. Maybe that's where you're at today. And I just believe, could we be a place that helps lift the heaviness off people even before they believe what I preach? They might leave, and they might think, you know what, that all sounds... You know, that God sent his son to die for me, that sounds beyond my ability to wrap my mind around. But you know what? Some sort of heaviness just came off of me. Because what can happen in the slow worship, listen, I could put in my earphones, you know, and go and have some slow worship. And I don't need you to have a great slow worship time with God. But when I put in my earbuds and I just try and do the fast stuff without you, it's just not the same. No, we do praise needs one another. You need somebody else. Come on. You need Pastor Troy. And I'll be down here in the front jumping around because you need, you need to be in an atmosphere where you say, oh, man, I didn't even feel like it this morning. But it's like somebody else is praising that heaviness off you. Come on. You need to, we need to press into praise. I'm preaching really simple stuff this morning. But this is, just, I mean, we need a reminder of this. This is for our relationships. First, first thing we need to do is we need to press into praise. Well, here's the second thing, and this one isn't just what Jesus teaches. This is actually what he models for us. He models this one to us, and it's to initiate the repair in relationship. Come on, initiate the repair in relationship. You're like, Pastor, you don't know how many times I've tried to initiate the repair in this relationship. Do it again. Initiate the repair in relationship. What we see in uh, John is we see... Uh, we see, of course, the picture of where Peter has denied Jesus and, and he, he is feeling like he's let Jesus down. And so he goes to his favorite coping mechanism. He, he goes and he goes fishing, right? Coping's not just something we do today. Coping is, coping's in the Bible. Peter's like, I'm going to go fishing. I just got to get away from it all. Of course, Jesus shows up to that scene on the beach. And really, it's interesting when Peter goes back to the thing that he had before Jesus and this is what we do when, when your faith feels like it's in a little bit of a lull, right? What do you do? You go back to the last thing you had that made you feel good before Jesus, right? You're like, my faith feels low right now. Oh, what was that last thing I did that made me feel good? But you go back to it. And just like Peter, Peter doesn't catch any fish. You go back to it and you're like, oh, man, this is empty. This is not filling me up. You see, you've had a taste of Jesus, and you feel low in your faith, but you go not to, to a place of perseverance and pressing in and praising to lift off the heaviness. You're like, well, what's that easy thing I did before? But it just leaves you blank. Well, I just love that Jesus shows up on the beach. And he says to Peter, and if you've been around church, you'll know this. He says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Do you love me? There's two people on this beach. One of them has wronged the other. Who's wronged who? All Jesus did was what he said he was going to do. Go to the cross, pay the price for sins, rise again. What's Peter done? Everything he said he wasn't going to do. Now look at the example of Jesus. What does Jesus do? Who is the one who initiates the repair in the relationship? But this is not what we do. We think, oh, if you've wronged me, I'm going to wait for you to realize that you've wronged me and come and initiate some repair in this relationship. Come on, yeah, you, you've been there before? 
Two people feeling like they're both in the right, waiting for the other person to come. I'm going to need some help from, from Rachel. Come on, babe. I need your help. Can you give it up for Pastor Rachel? She comes. And so uh, we want to we share a little bit from our personal story today. And I think some guys got some stools here for us. Uh, but here's why we want to do this. The first reason we want to share from our story, kind of let you into just a little bit of a moment in our house is we all feel this way in our relationships. Like, like we're the only one that has this struggle, right? We feel that way. I feel that way sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, we must be the only people going through this. And what we want to do is, is just kind of take off that mask and let you know, no, you're not the only one going through this. And uh, also, I think maybe you should just give maybe just a little like, bit of a Mother's Day shout out from the mom of the house. Can we do that? So good. Well, we've been celebrating our moms here this morning, but I wanted to give a really personal, heartfelt shout out to all the moms in the room. Happy Mother's Day. You're doing some of the hardest work on the planet, and we want to let you know here at Resonate that we see you, we love you, we celebrate you, and we're just believing this year is going to be filled with so much grace and peace and patience, and I receive that for myself in Jesus' name. (laughs) And if you are in the waiting, we believe your miracle is coming, that God is going to deliver a miracle child into your life in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen? Amen. So good. Amen. Well, there's a second reason that we want to share from our story, and it's not just to be real. Like, we want to be real leaders, but we want to be more than that. We want to be examples in this house. And we're not trying to be perfect examples, and maybe you could speak to that, babe. It's not like we're trying to just say, hey, you got to follow us as we're perfect. No, it's follow us as we follow Christ. The aim isn't perfection. You're not going to find perfection if you get close to us anyways. It's follow our aim that we are constantly growing deeper in Jesus and in his grace for us. So the story that we want to share from today, I don't know if you you were here. How many were here week number one and you heard the Browns and the sushi versus uh, on the way to Harrison, you heard that story? I don't know if that's I got to say, we did a redo on Harrison <laughs> that Sunday. We left right from church. We went to Harrison, and it was an amazing night away in Jesus' name. It was. It was. <laughs> and I ate, and it was good. Yeah. We actually ate sushi. That's the irony of it. That's the irony of it. It's, yeah. So anyway, so this morning, the one I want to share is a, a bit of a different story. We were... Actually, in this case, and we're trying to pull ones from the past so that as we get up here and we share these with you, it's not like we just went through it this week and we're still kind of trying to work through it. So let's dig into the vault and find a story, something we've worked through. And, uh, but what I, what I noticed is as we, as we tell these stories, it's kind of funny, as we started to think about what we wanted to talk about today, we were realizing like, oh my goodness, we did like a repeat of this story this week just with a different story. Come on, somebody. You know, as you find... And so that we have cycles in our relationship, these kind of places that we come back to, and they're to do with our personality. So here's one for, for us. And it was uh, actually a Christmas time, and my parents went home to Ontario where they were with the family, and my dad was uh, helping to clear some snow, and he slipped on some ice. He hit his head and actually got taken to the hospital, and, and uh, he had a concussion, and he didn't really remember a lot. As we got the phone call, my dad wasn't really remembering very much at that point in time. And so what I felt was this incredible weight of, oh man, how's, how's my dad doing? And, and so there I am, I'm on the, uh, I go to the, like, you know, Peter goes Netflix, or Peter goes to fishing and I go to Netflix. That's the, you know, where you coping, where you leaning into. I'm like, I'm going to Netflix right now. And uh, I put on a drama, a TV drama. I won't say which one it is, but 
uh, Donna was about to express her love for Harvey, and so the music is crescendoing, and <laughs> some of y'all know. Uh, the music's crescendoing, and I'm just like, I'm finally getting free from the weight and the stress I felt of how dad is doing. And Rachel comes down the stairs, she sits next to me on the couch, and she takes a bite of like a hard bite chip right in my ear. And you ever, anybody ever get in a fight for just like the worst reason, just the dumbest thing? Is there anybody? Can I get a witness? <laughs> yeah, it was so dumb. So here I am coming down the stairs. <laughs> Uh, from putting one of our kids back to sleep for what feels like the fifth time that night. And I'm feeling my own sense of overwhelm. And I'm just looking to connect with my husband. Like one of those four times that week that you talked about <laughs> last Sunday. If you weren't here last Sunday, I said that married people, you should have more sex. And if you haven't yet got your kids into our kids, like we've been giving you fair warning. I'm going to say this every single week. Come on, married people, you need more sex. And I said, I actually said last week, you should have sex four times this week. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, you might not have gotten there, but this is your week. Come on, married people. This is your week. This is our week, babe. This yeah. is our week. We can do it. We, <laughs> we can do, do it. <laughs> and so there I am. I'm, I'm just, I'm kind of in my own space, and I'm frustrated now by the hard bite chip in my, I don't know that she's, like, thinking of connecting. I'm, I'd be like, forget suits. Come on, Gloria. But there I am, and, and I just get, I'm, I'm just like, oh, man, can't you see that? I just, I really need to just get away from this. And so I say something. Uh, wholly insensitive, something along the lines of, like, if you don't really want to lean into this beautiful crescendo moment, like, maybe you should just go to bed. And what I can... S- I'm just letting you in. I'm letting you in. Now, what I can see, I can see, I can see, ladies, I can see your little emotional employees. They're building a wall around your heart right now. They're build. I can see them stacking bricks. And that's what I could actually see on Rachel. It's just like the wall is gone up. Well, I'm ready for this finish line. I'm ready to discharge my own feelings of overwhelm and press deeper into that relationship, to press deeper into the connection. And when that doesn't happen, you can imagine the feelings of rejection begin to set in, and I can feel the walls start building around my heart, making my case really strong. Yeah, and she's feeling rejection, and I'm just feeling like, oh, this is so, what I'm going through is so overwhelming. Can't you see? I just need you to be there for me right now. Well, of course, I, I'm scared. I'm afraid of what's going on with dad. And and so I see the, um, the emotional wall going up. And so I say, oh, babe, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, that was really insensitive. And, and I can just tell, like, the little, the emotional employees don't stop building. They just keep going. I'm like, I just said sorry, y'all. Uh, and so I say sorry again. I'm like, no, that's like, that was not me at my best, babe. I'm, I'm really sorry. And I hear those stories, but I still say, no, I just need you to say I'm sorry. Like, I really get <laughs> why you feel rejected right and now, I think babe. this is just such a great, I mean, you've been there, right? Like, you're in, a, you're in a difficult time, and someone says sorry, and then they say sorry, and then the person on the other side says, I need you to say sorry. Come on, you've been there. <laughs> Tell me you've been there. And so, and, but it's true. I can understand that she does actually need me to acknowledge the difficult place that she is. She needs me to understand that actually that she felt rejected. And really, here's the point of it. The end result is two people just missing one another. We're both wanting to and needing to connect with one another, but both caught in our own emotions and both feeling unsafe to reach closer 
for each other. And I think it's just such a picture of what Shane shared about in that moment with Peter. Peter's the one who denies Jesus, but yet Jesus is the one that takes the first step towards Peter. Jesus is the one that's wronged. And I think it's such a picture of what Jesus has called us to do, that even when we are wrong, what can we do? What are we doing to take that first step towards initiating repair? I think that's so good. I think in the history of relationships, no argument has ever ended because someone said, you're right, I was wrong. You know, it just never, that's never happened. But what you need is someone to to say, you know what, I feel like I'm right, but I'm going to initiate this repair. And I think the best relationships, I really believe this, uh, uh, are not the ones that don't have issues. They're the ones that were constantly getting better at dealing with the issues. Can I get an amen this morning? Come on, can you give it up for Pastor Rachel? Thanks, babe. So, so point number one, you got to press into some praise. And point number two, initiate, initiate, initiate the repair. And this comes from, again, the example that we see in Jesus. Well, let's, let's, up, the, uh, let's up the level of difficulty one more time. You ready for this? I mean, it already sounds difficult to initiate the repair again, but let's do it one more time. I believe the third step to your best year in relationships, again, not my tips and tricks, from the example of Jesus. The, the third thing is this, give away what you need. Give away what you need. Again, this is Jesus's example to us. We see it in John's gospel again, John chapter 13. Jesus is about to go to the cross. He has the last supper with his disciples. They take the Passover meal together. Before the meal, he washes their feet. And this is what he says in verse 15. I've given you an example that you should do just as I have done to you. So he's saying, watch the things I'm doing. Watch me in relationships and now follow these things. Verse 21 goes on and says, after saying these things, Jesus was troubled in his spirit. And so Jesus is going through some emotional turmoil. Jesus is feeling a weight. He's just hours from the cross. He knows someone's about to betray him. So he says, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. The disciples, they look at one another, uncertain of whom he spoke. And then verse 23 says, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved was reclining at table at Jesus' side. And if you've got a Bible like mine, it's got a little footnote right there that leads you down to the bottom. At the bottom of the page, it says that this disciple, it's almost like the translators when they were going from Greek to English were a little bit uncomfortable with putting this on paper for you because what it really says is he's leaning into Jesus' bosom. And like, oh, okay, well, we'll just say he was at Jesus' side. That's just a little bit you know, strange to say. In his, no, but get the picture. John is leaning on the chest of Jesus. And here here is what I want us to get from this. Here is, I think, the important, again, Jesus saying, do as I do. Follow my example. Here's what's happening right here. Jesus is in need of something. His spirit is troubled. He's feeling the weight of the cross. He's got turmoil in his heart. And what is he doing? He's giving away the very thing that he needs. Comfort. So maybe you're here today and you'd say, man, I just, I really wish someone would notice me. I honestly hope they do because you deserve that. Can I call out the leader inside of you? Who could you notice? Who could you see? Could you give the thing that you would want to receive? Maybe in your marriage, you'd say, oh man, I wish there was more time for one another. I wish... There was more words of affirmation. I wish we had sex more often. And you think, this is what I need. What if you were to start that conversation just to say, hey, 
What do you need this week? What could I show up with and bring for you? What could I, you know, I, I'm, I, it's not wrong to say what your needs are. In fact, that's a very healthy thing. Don't hide what you've got. Don't hide your needs. Come on, make them clear. Put them out there. But maybe the starting point just needs to be, what could I do for you? And you're saying, Pastor Shane, that sounds really great. But, you know, we just really need, we really need some mentors. We really need someone to walk us through this. It would be really great if we could just be around people that have been doing this for a long time and are such a great example of how we need to get through things in relationship. You know what today is? Today is small group leader training. So here's what I want to ask you. You know, here's. The reality is, is we have more couples needing a small group in our church than we have couples running small groups. You weren't feeling that point, Will? (laughs) So here's what I want to ask you to do. I love you, man. I want every married couple to ask God whether he would have you lead a small group. I'm not asking you to lead a small group. I'm just unashamedly asking you to ask God whether he would have you lead a small group. And you're like, well, we're the ones in need of some help. Exactly, what did Jesus just say? Here's an example. Do the things that you see me doing. What do we see Jesus? Jesus is in emotional turmoil. What's he doing? Come here. Come here. You need some comfort. Come here. Maybe not just the married people. Maybe everyone in the room. Is, is God tapping you on the shoulder today? Small, lead a small group. Gather people around you. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't, come on, let us help train you and teach. You, you know, let us surround you with a, a, a coach. But you don't got to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. You just got to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to try and just hear from God. Maybe God would just speak something like that into Press into praise. It's, it's got to have a spiritual starting point. And we're going to do that in just a moment. We are going to press into some praise. And then initiate, initiate, initiate the repair. And then give away the thing you need. Come on. I know the challenge bar is high, but how do we get there? We follow the example of Jesus. So, Father, I thank you in this place that there is not just my words, but the presence and power of your Holy Spirit to lead us into something new today. And I pray, God, as we press now into a moment of praise, God, that the spirit of heaviness would lift off of this room in Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, for that weight that has felt like it has not moved in months or years, that right now, by a divine moment in your presence, God, that that weight would begin to lift, that something would shift in the atmosphere of our faith, that our spirit would say, I have not been through all this for nothing. Come on, just say that either with your own words or in your own heart. I just have not been through this for nothing. I've not been through this season of singleness and loneliness for nothing. I've not been through that heartbreak and that letdown and that person walking out on me for nothing. I've not been through this marriage disappointment and not living up to what I hoped for nothing. No, you haven't walked through what you've walked through for nothing. I've not walked through the loss of a spouse. I've not walked through divorce. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna press into what's next. Could you stand with me all over the room? Come on, we're gonna press into praise because where it feels heavy, we don't mask it. We step out and we say, Lord, God, you're above this. And we, and Lord, we're gonna praise your name. Even before we see the breakthrough, we're gonna praise you in Jesus' name. Come on, church. Come on, all over the room, I'd invite you to just throw your hands up. Let's lean into a moment of praise together. Let's lean into Jesus.
just freedom. I just thank God. I thank God that his word is true. Come on. That it's just this, that this actually works. You know what I mean? This isn't just, this isn't just for this moment. When, you, when, when home is difficult, don't stay home. Come on, somebody. I'm, we're not just trying to populate church on Sunday. I'm just saying when home feels difficult, don't stay home because you get through it by lifting a praise. Amen? Amen. Well, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just one moment before we dismiss the service. If you're in the room today and you say, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, but you want that before you leave, you want to close the gap between you and God by faith in Jesus. Either you've never made a faith decision or today you'd say, Pastor Shane, like I've walked away from God and I need to make, make that relationship new today. Would you just shoot up your hand in this moment? I'm going to pray for you. We won't center you out publicly in any way. I'm just going to pray for you. Say, yes, yeah, me. Include me in a prayer. I don't want to miss my moment to just to, to, to put my faith in Jesus today. You say, yeah, include me in that prayer. Amen. Just give me one more moment. So whether you raise your hand, maybe you didn't, you wanted to today, you're praying that prayer. Would you just say this with me? Come on, Resonate family, pray this out with me. Say, dear Jesus, I'm going all in for you. I give you my whole life. By faith, I believe. You died and rose again so I could be forgiven, so I could be free. I choose to follow you. You're Lord of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, Resnick, can we get up for those that prayed that prayer in the place this morning? Come on. Like you really mean it. Come on.